1: A graphic novel, a TV show Well, it's not TV, it's HBO And will this thing succeed? And by how much, man? And some might cheer and some might scoff Because it's Damon Lindelof But either way, we're off to watch some Watchmen Watching watchmen, talking watchmen, analyzing watchmen, and maybe arguing over watch.
0: Welcome to Watchmen Watch, a podcast about HBO's Watchmen, where we watch Watchmen and then watch you watching Watchmen while you watch us watch Watchmen. I'm much. Alex.
1: I'm Justin.
2: I'm Pete. That's too much, dude. That's no, too no, it's just, right no it's just the right amount. It's just the right amount. I got it. Much.
0: I nailed it. I nailed it. Crushed it, you guys. Episode over. Over.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's very short. We're doing short podcasts.
0: <laughs> uh, now, we do need to apologize before we get into the bulk of our podcast. We uh, do have a fourth co host.
1: You know, it's so because Alan Moore is our fourth uh, host for this. Um, he, the, we should say, the, the writer of Watchmen, the comic book. Yeah. Eventually, so we're very
0: excited to have him on board. Yeah.
1: And eventually, obviously, he took his name off of um, the movie and the other like, uh, comic book versions of it. And he was going to be here today, but he actually isn't here. He's actually at DC Comics physically taking his name off of oh, the Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's it's
0: going to take him a while. Yeah, they have a lot long of copies, thing. But he's
1: going to be, he, he said he's definitely going to be here next week to talk okay. about it. Okay. Well, him.
0: he better hurry up because Watchmen is, I think, the uh, highest selling graphic novel of all time. He's got a
1: lot. A lot of, of copies. A lot of whiteout. <laughs> a lot of whiteout coming in. This guy is going to have to invest in it. Yes, no. And he likes to smell it a little bit as well. So.
2: Oh. He's, he's, It's going to take more time.
0: You probably know this, but Watchmen, the TV series, is not going to be on until October on HBO. So in the intervening time, what we're going to be doing on the next 12 episodes of Watchmen Watch is we're going to be looking back at the comic issue by issue. And this week, we're going to be talking about the first issue of Watchmen at midnight. All the agents that's based on a Bob Dylan quote, I believe, Mm. you dudes. Uh, Let's... Let's talk about this issue. I don't know. I want to be honest about something up front here.
1: Oh, here we go. I, I want to be
0: honest with you Confession.
1: guys. No. Oh, uh, confessions. I
0: read Watchmen all in a chunk probably decades ago at this point. Wow. I think I read it maybe or skimmed it again before the movie came out just so I could kind of familiarize myself with it. But it's been years since I actually read this book. Are you talking about like the 80s? Like it's been since the 80s? The Zack Snyder Watchmen movie did not come out
1: of the 80s. What, what right. is your joke? I don't know. The 80s is no. when it came out. Yeah. yeah. That's when he were, you were there. Yes. He <laughs> was there, was there yeah, when Alan Moore was,
0: was like,
2: the <laughs> end. That's yep. why we got to connect. Yeah, that's how we got the phone number.
0: Anyway, I haven't actually deeply read it in decades at this point. So doing that for this podcast, actually taking the time to make sure that I synthesized as much of the words and the panels and everything as possible was, first of all, fascinating because, I don't know if you guys know this, this is a very good comic. This is
1: a very good comic. Yes. It's very
0: well done. Alan Moore, good on writing. Dave Gibbons, very good on art. He's good on writing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: he's good on on writing. writing. He's as Uh, good on writing as you are at saying that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, John Higgins on color, uh, and it was edited by Len Wein and Barbara Kessel. Uh, This is... I really honestly was kind of blown away by how good this is because yeah. we we do a regular live comic book talk show. We do. Watchmen comes up a lot when yeah, we're talking certainly. about it. So it's almost become abstract to me in terms of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best comic book of all time. I get it. Mm. That's fine.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. You don't think about it as much anymore. Right.
0: But this is legitimately an excellent comic book.
1: It, the, <laughs> I love how blown news. away you are breaking news well, by but this comic. I, I felt the same way because like, Just like Alex is saying, actually rereading it, the pacing of this comic book is unbelievable. It really is. It's so shocking. It starts
2: out so well, grabs your attention, never lets go. It's really impressive.
1: Just how much control Alan Moore has of the story from the jump. And the art on top of that is just so good. Dave Gibbons' art, like, it's so, it's of the era, but it also feels. Timeless. It has, like, a lot of the sort of dark shadowing to it, which gives it this sort of tense, bleak tone, but it still feels just as relevant uh, as, as, well, as I modern th- art. Well,
0: I think, just real quick, the thing that I was going to say about the timeless thing, the thing that struck me is so many things you go back and read, and you're like, oh, that I can see how that worked
2: at the time, why it was important. Yeah. This is still a very good comic book. And yeah. it's also, like, one of those things where, like, the imagery and the stuff that they use in comics... It, everything that I see it kind of informs, and it's like one of those things that sticks with you. Like, when I picture someone getting thrown out of a window, it's always the comedian. Yeah. Which you picture really? often, right? Yeah. yeah. Usually as you're being thrown out a window. Yeah, yeah but it's just like it's done First so iconically and so well, everything after that blows.
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, uh, like the nine-panel grid that um, it's used in this is sort of... uh, And it's not all like... There's not nine panels on every page, but using that grid as a basis, I feel like that's something that a lot of comic book artists are coming back to now. Yeah. Um, I also want to say... Especially recently. Like in the 80s, this was like in sort of the Cold War, like nuclear threat that definitely weighs heavily on this series. And now we're sort of back in international politics being terrifying, our American politics being stressful. Keanu Reeves is popular again. It's like the 80s all over again. It really weighs in here, the (laughs) Keanu Reeves of it all. Um, So I do think rereading it now just in 2019 with our politics and culture definitely feels it feels more relevant now than it did even when I read it in the 90s. Right,
0: well, you do have the whole weight of the Doomsday Clock playing throughout it, and that's something we regularly hear about right now.
1: It's close to midnight in our time. Now.
0: I think we're going to get squitted right, oh, right here in New York City. Oh, man. Squitted right here in New York City. That would be we a fun move,
1: surprise. Guys. We should move. But do you think it wouldn't have the same impact? Because if we got squitted, we'd be like, oh, squid. Oh,
2: cool! Oh, this is a promo
1: for Watchmen on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks, guys. <laughs> cool yes. stay
2: away from Times Square. They're throwing
1: squids. Uh, should we walk through the issue a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we start with, as Pete mentioned, um, a recap. Two cops are talking about the death of comedian. Well,
0: comedian so let's, uh, this is one of uh, the I mean, I was struck by a lot in the issue. Yeah. Uh, But one of the things I definitely did not pick up on the first couple of times that I read it is you have this first page. It starts on the comedian's now iconic button in a pool of blood. It pulls up, 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 up as it goes up to this cop. Uh, saying, what does he say? It's a long
1: drop. Hmm, that's quite a drop.
0: That's quite a drop. You have Rorschach's nice narration Thank over you. the entire thing, but you also have the guy that we don't know yet is Rorschach walking through the blood, trailing the blood as yeah. he goes, pulling it with him. He's pulling this death with him, which I think is yeah, very it's cool. a creepy
1: dude. Yeah, as just, the cops are leaving, that's when you really see Rorschach for right. The first Right, and we time.
0: still don't in this issue, we, we don't do not know that he's no. Rorschach, but he is. This red-haired man is Rorschach, as we find out later in the series, but the thing <laughs> that I thought was so neat when you look at it is there's three things in the issue, right? There's this first page where the cops are looking down at the pool of blood blooded of dead. You have the final page where you have Dan Dreiberg and uh, Laurie Blake.
1: Wait, Laurie uh, Jupiter or Jupiter. yeah, Jupiter, yeah exactly. Or she's not, th-
0: she's- Not Laurie Blake. She's Laurie Blake in the series, in the TV series. Uh, Lori standing on that rooftop, and you have the same zoom out at the same pace looking down above them, which could imply that that's another murder, that we've watched another death happening at the same time. But then you also have Rorschach's narration saying, and I would look down at them, and I would say no. Yeah. And that's, so there's so many different layered things going on here at the same
1: time. And to add another layer, at that last panel, to me, it's Dr. Manhattan spying on them yes. as uh, Night Owl's out with his wife.
0: Right. And it's his heart dying, potentially. Yeah. Well, if if Dr. Manhattan potentially has a heart. I mean, that's yeah. really
1: up for... A heartbreaking. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the other thing that I was really struck by this issue as we walked through it is it's funny. Like, that's something that I think people forget about Watchmen, is there's some funny moments, there's some weird moments in here. It's not the wrong lesson that so many people have taken from Watchmen is you got to make things dark and serious. And that's not what this book is
1: about at all. In fact, it's... It is dark and serious, but it's the feeling, the way that lands is by having comedy, which creates a greater distance between the the laughs to the really dark stuff. So you're really on a roller so you're coaster. You're asking ride. yourself, why so serious? Right. That's exactly what I my point is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Watchmen
0: walk so the Dark
1: Knight could run. Yeah. <laughs> Watchmen watch so the Dark Knight could watch harder,
0: <laughs> harder. Uh, uh, so we got that first page. You want to move to? Uh,
1: yeah. So we have, um, and these cops, they seem like sort of a uh, scumbaggy cops, <laughs> uh, and they're like sort of the heroes here. And we're seeing interspersed with their investigation of the crime scene, you see flashback the the murder happening of the comedian, which was just hadn't seen that before when i first read this and reading here it's really well paced and it really creates this essential mystery and at the same time we don't know who the comedian is right we like we don't know this is a take on like a, a justice league type team until much later not even in this issue
0: yeah there's uh- Something this issue does another thing this issue does very well is introduce all the characters in a very fluid way through both these detectives initially and then through Rorschach's investigation where he approaches each of the characters. But it never it never feels like, and now meet this character, and now meet this character. And part of the reason is that and Gibbons Gibbons, through the body language of the characters, but more through the writing, has set up all of these backstories and all this history so people are not coming into it as, we are fresh friends who have met each other for the first time. It's when Night Owl and Rorschach see each other for the first time, it's for the first time in years. And they broke apart, and at least one of them doesn't know why.
1: And you feel the weight of their relationship on all of these characters.
2: I really do think that... Because we read so many comic books, we can kind of tell at this point when people are just moving characters around to get them to a certain thing for something they have planned. And this is done in such a creative way. You don't feel like... It, they're just moving characters. It's very
0: fluid yeah. in terms of introducing the characters, in terms of the plot. Uh, Alan Moore, again, huge shocker here. Very good writer, but he knows how to get us uh, uh, across both plot and character at the same time. It would been great of the if,
1: dialogue. He, if he was here to answer some of these questions. Yeah. Uh, it's a real him, disappointment to me. He is going to be here next week, as we keep saying.
0: Yes, I'm excited. Uh, we'll save some of the questions uh, while we talk about issues. Definitely, definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, So the spine of the issue is uh, Rorschach, sort of going around to the different. Uh, heroes and warning them like, "Hey, um, comedian is dead, and yeah. you might be next." Right, and it's telling like, and "What a good friend." Yes, he's a good friend, but he also is. He feels like he's the one character after their their super team broke up, and you feel the sadness for everyone for in different ways. Like Night Owl, he's sad because he doesn't have anything else going on in his life. He's visiting the original Night Owl, who also has a sad life and wrote a book about superheroes. Um, as he visits everyone, it's like clear like it was a bad relationship. Um, their uh, their relationships have not maintained throughout. Um, but it he's the only one who's sort of still in his mode, like on the case, trying to figure this out. Yeah. So you're definitely identify with him as like the character, the hero driving through. Oh, but yeah. some of the things we were talking about before, he is saying some stuff that now I'm in our modern politics and culture, like he's saying some pretty alt-right yes. shit here. I,
0: I do not think you're supposed to identify with Rorschach. Really? No, I really don't. He's the only guy
2: I identify with.
0: Really? What do you identify with in him? And I'm scared to ask. Uh,
2: (laughs) The way that he doesn't trust people. The way that he feels like he is, uh, you know, creepier or dirtier than people. The way he, like, is. The way he lives is different. He's an outsider. He's an outsider. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, And also, like, the fact that, like, he covers. His face and like you know doesn't uh, show people kind of who he is and what he's about
1: and his dedication to the yeah sort of the case and being yeah exactly what he is he it's above all
2: else is- like above you know getting proper meals or you know but like I think real that's hygiene. the trap.
1: That's a trap of what you were saying before about the lesson a lot of comic book writers and companies took from this was like, oh, we got to do this. I think now after we've read hundreds of issues of The Punisher and all these other darker heroes that came out after Watchmen, it's tricked us into thinking we should identify with Rorschach when really he has just as many... Plus, he's, he's violent. up. He's super violent. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Um, he's a loner. He considers the rest of the world filth and just like well, uh, so, an uh, abattoir. Let's,
0: let's talk about that a little bit because his – it's interesting uh, – I mean, I'm sure there's much better ways of saying this, and much uh, there's been so much research and writing about Watchmen in the intervening years. But you have—he's Rorschach, right? Like his mask is a fluid Rorschach test that people can ostensibly see whatever they want. Mm -hmm. they look at him and they see whatever they want in him, but everybody sees the same thing in Rorschach. Everybody sees exactly who he is, and he is pretty straight up exactly who he is at the same time. Versus everybody else who is currently... They're not wearing masks. They're all... Supposedly being who they are Including say And this is a huge spoiler If you never were watchmen, But Adrian Veidt Ozymandias Who is the real villain Of the series He's not wearing a mask right now He's not wearing a costume He's like This is who I am I'm a businessman I'm smart But I'm not really The smartest man in the world This is me up front But everybody else Is hiding something uh, yeah, and Rorschach's the only Rorschach. one. Exactly. Rorschach He's only is calling them form. out. He's
1: going out and yeah. calling each of them out uh, right. in these missions. Like- so
0: I, mean, I, I guess what I was getting around to was the point that, like, I think he wants you to see whatever you see in the world on him, but all he sees in the world is that filth, is that disgustingness, is everybody is erring on the side of bad. That's why he makes this, frankly, crazy assumption off of one murder that somebody is killing capes. Yeah. You know, there's really no evidence there, and he's not necessarily wrong, but he's not necessarily right either. It's because he goes to, the comedian is dead, what is the worst-case scenario? Yeah. And the worst-case scenario is, they're coming for all of us. right. He lives walking through that puddle of blood all the time.
1: And he comments so much on the yeah. culture, um, but at the same time, he's a reflection of all of the comments he's making. He is the Rorschach right. test for the culture. But like some of the alt-right stuff... Are you
0: okay? Are you dying there? Sorry, I'm
1: joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the truth. Um, <laughs> uh, betraying even his own shallow liberal affectations. Like, There's just some stuff in here that really hit me in this rereading of it um, in our... Uh, modern world where the in like all that this kind of uh, language and mentality really like proliferates on Reddit and in different spots on the Internet where a lot of bad shit comes out. Of.
0: Yeah. Now, one other visual thing that I really loved throughout the issue, just in terms of the body language, there's so many little subtle things that happen. Like uh, there is a there's a bunch of graffiti, like who watches the Watchmen, but it's kind of cut off each time. I don't think we see it fully each yeah. time it pops up. There's also uh, pirate comics throughout, which I think we should talk about the whole comic book. In a second, when we get to the under the hood, because there's some fascinating stuff there. Uh, but there's this little moment where Rorschach takes a pocket full of sugar cubes. They never talk about it. And then five pages later, he's eating a sugar cube. Yeah. And it's so gross. He's like a fly who's feasting on garbage the entire time. Yeah, he eats a can, <laughs> of, can of cold beans. I don't beans. know why you're still into this after we've uh, talked about it. I love it. I love how gross he is. Let's talk about the Doctor Manhattan stuff.
1: Yeah, so uh, after Rorschach goes to Night Owl, who's living a sad life, he goes at, and and uh, beats up a bunch of people in a bar uh, <laughs> yeah. to try what he obviously likes to try to figure out. And like they're like, I really "Why think would-
0: you're taking the long, wrong lessons for this guy?" Kind of
1: yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> it's crazy though. It's he calls it his exercise, and it's just because there's no real. It was a one person job killing the comedian. Like the fact that there would be henchmen there. It, it seems like he's doing this fully just to beat people up yes. not for anything else. Absolutely. Well, it's
2: his exercise. Some people like to walk in the park, other people have gym memberships. He goes to a bar yeah. and he All beats equally
1: reasonable up. things. Yeah. Uh, he goes and talks to Ozymandias, um uh, Veid, who's like a corporate sellout basically. Um it shits on him a little bit. Then he goes to talk to Dr. Manhattan who lives in the works for the government is still ostensibly a mask. Um he's Distant from the world. Uh, We see this great panel where he's like uh, three stories tall uh, to first meet him. Such a great visual. And
0: everything else throughout the book, for the most part, is very, very tight. It holds that nine-panel grid until we see Dr. Manhattan where it completely opens up. Yeah. And this gets to something that I think also, in particular, not to lump on it too much, but the Zack Snyder movie got completely wrong about Watchmen, is these aren't superheroes. These are regular people. Even Adrian Veidt is certainly, he's pushing down his intelligence a little bit. He's he's trying to be modest about it. But he's not actually the smartest man in the world. He just has a lot of resources at this point. Same with Rorschach. Rorschach isn't super strong. The comedian isn't super strong. Um, Superheroes have developed in a way, but they're really just humans. The one exception is Dr. Manhattan, but... The other thing that I think even everybody gets wrong about Dr. Manhattan that's very clear in this issue is he's not all powerful. No. He doesn't know everything, and he can't do everything.
1: No, and he's even learning about his powers. The whole series is about him figuring out what it means to be this... Sort of godlike person, but he doesn't have command of it. And he's so obsessed with the research that he's not able, it's not about power for him. It's like, right. oh, I can look into this now. Right. It's like someone who would have the internet for the first time. Like a scientist having the internet is what Dr. Manhattan feels like in this.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we do get this great character scene. We get to see a lot of what's going on uh, with uh, Dr. Manhattan, we get to see what's going on with uh, Laurie. And also Rorschach, who she doesn't like at all. And then we get the other big plot that's going to play out throughout the series, uh, which they dance around for the first half of the issue very purposely until Laurie comes out and says it, which is that the comedian raped her mom. He raped her mom. He assaulted her mom. That came out during Hollis Mason, who's the original Night Owl, in his book, Under the Hood. Uh, And she believes the story. Rorschach is not 100 percent sure. Uh, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, and she actually says almost. She doesn't say it. Right. So everyone, it's like a a suspicious, you don't know what the deal is in this moment. Right.
0: And Uh, we're still learning a lot about these characters. We don't even really, we haven't heard the comedian say a word. We don't know
1: anything about anything in this. Right. And it's crazy how much they just give us right out of the gate. And we're just like, okay, we'll keep up with this. Like, it's, it's dense yeah. in a great way.
0: Uh, and then at the end, uh, we see Night Owl and Lori end up going on a pseudo-date together. It's yeah. not supposed to be a date. It's mostly catching up. Um, but they both like it because they're friends. Uh, one thing that I, I do want to point out that I was thought was kind of fascinating, uh, there's little things here. This is an alternate history. It's split off from some point, both from our world, from the DC universe, from anything else. Uh, there are little things, like, I believe there's a turkey there with four legs that they're serving at the restaurant. And there are other things like that that give you little indicators, not just through the fashion, but the, literally the things that people are eating that the oh, yeah. world is a little different. Yeah.
1: That feels like the turkey with four legs feels like a mistake, but maybe no, I don't think it is. Really? It's I think so it's like, small in this. If panel. you
0: have a world again, jumping to the end here where Ozymandias is able to build genetically a cat. He's able to cat creature. He's able yeah. to build a squid What's to say he hasn't also done that where, great, we That's created a turkey with a little That's more fair. meat on it. You yeah. know?
1: We do get a mention of Action Comics in the back matter, the, an excerpt from Under the Hood, which is the book that the first Night Owl read was sort of a superhero tell-all, um, which I reread for this as well. And, man, it's so good.
0: I... Uh, I want to say I reread it, but this is another... This is the second thing I wanted to be honest with you guys about. I don't think I ever read it. Oh, I really? I think I completely was like, eh, word book, no yep. thanks. Yeah,
2: that's exactly
0: And I was so wrong because reading it for this... I was blown away.
1: The first story, it's the sort of intro to the book, and it's just a story about um, him and his dad at this uh, auto mechanic shop that he worked at. It's such a, just a great, oh, great short story. It's a
0: great short story. It parallels what went on in the first issue, but from a continuity standpoint, when you're talking about that alternate evolution, as you mentioned, he talks about, Hollis Mason talks about, oh, I remember reading action comics and seeing the introduction of Superman. But in the alternate history of what? Watchmen, what actually happened was they released Action Comics. It was big. People loved it. But then a couple of years later, the first vigilante, Hooded Justice, showed up, and then people didn't need superhero comics anymore because yeah. superheroes existed for in real life. And that's why pirate comics became the biggest thing. So yeah. when we link up in the current continuity in Watchmen, everybody reads pirate comics. And we're going to get into that pretty soon with the Black Fre- Freighter back Curse Matter, of the
1: Black Freighter. Curse
0: of the Black Freighter and everything else, which, again, provides a lot of parallels for what's going on. But, uh, yeah, I, I felt super dumb for having not read it that first time through.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's so good just rereading, I was like oh right I forgot how good this was yeah
0: definitely check out Watchmen number one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from DC Comics we can't <laughs>
1: recommend it oh uh, man find
0: it yeah. if hot take hot take uh, alright next week we are going to be talking about the second issue of Watchmen so be sure to read it before then if you want to check it out with us and of course as the series gets closer we'll talk more and more about that you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Watchmen. Pete, what do you want to plug?
2: Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also
0: follow us on Twitter at, at Watch watchman one For Watchmen stuff Yeah Yeah, Number one Number number one Watch Watchmen Number one podcast Comicbookclublive.com For this podcast And more Uh, You can subscribe All sorts of places Our RSS feed Is on the website And remember We taped this podcast
1: 35 minutes ago Oh Alan just uh, Texted me again He's definitely Going to be here next week (laughs) Oh good